Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Lennode and IT Pro TV. I am one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Evian, and with me as always, my wonderful co-host, app developer Russell Ivanovich. Hey, Yasmin. And journalist and Hamilton extraordinaire, Andy Anako. <laughs> Hello. I hope R- Russell, I we're all here for you. You know that <laughs> whatever your suffering is, it's our suffering. I, I just want you to know that um, I'm so glad this isn't a video podcast because the current cardboard box situation that I'm in is is maybe not flattering. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't say the best thing, but you know. You are the wind beneath our wings, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> All of our sponsorship money goes directly to Russell to hopefully get him out of that out of that cardboard box. Yeah. I've seen these new cardboard oh. boxes that they laminate on the outside, so they're waterproof. It's really nice. <laughs> I shouldn't joke about these things. Non-perishable food items, articles of used clothing in reparable condition, all these, if you could just forward them to uh, Russell, CO Australia, they'll make sure that it gets to the right guy. There are only like three Russells in Australia. <laughs> now, for anyone that hasn't got their material shirts, it's because I've stolen them and I'm making a house out of them. And slowly, 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 I figured during winter here in Australia, it's not that cold. I'll probably get away with three layers. I can make shoes out of some. So if you haven't got your shirt, I'm sorry, but uh, I had to do what I had to do. Russell, it doesn't look like you have your shirt right now because me and Andy are wearing our shirts very proudly. You, we even took a picture before we, we hit the record button. And you, you are shirtless. I mean, you have a shirt on right now, just not. A <laughs> I can be shirtless shirt. if you want, but uh, I'm not sure that's something <laughs> no, no, you want no, please, on this podcast. Please, no, please, no. Hang on, I'll, I'll, let me just get the command and the shift button held down, getting ready for the old number three. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, so yes, uh, I'm going to describe are... this picture to you. Can I just describe it quickly? I'm sitting in front of Skype. I see Andy to my left. He's dressed very handsomely in his green material shirt. It looks amazing. And then I look to my right and I see Yasmin in her pink material shirt and she looks amazing too. And then I look down at myself and I'm like, oh, I don't have a material shirt. I'm all alone. You have the rarest one of all. You have the material shirt of the mind. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like something I tell my kids when I'm trying to convince them that they don't need some new toy or something. It's like, no, 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 no. It was inside you all along. But, you know, do you ever try the, well, the thing is, that's weird that you think this shirt is blank because it was silkscreen with a special ink that liars can't see. So <laughs> you have to ask yourself, what have I been lying to dad about? <laughs> everything, everything. Yes, yeah, so material shirts have arrived and listeners, you have been sending out in your pictures via Twitter and we want to say thank you. It's been really cool seeing all of our listeners wearing their material shirts and Mine arrived and I was super, super excited. Although, you know, shipping took a little bit longer because it it was like in Phoenix and I'm like, okay, it should be here like today or tomorrow. And it took a little bit longer, but it finally arrived. And Russell's, I think you said it was still stuck somewhere in Chicago, right? It's in Chicago. Apparently leaving the US is really hard. I don't know if you've got some border security going on or something, (laughs) but these, maybe, I don't want to spread conspiracy theories, but it's entirely possible that the Koala team, you know, managed to get hold of these shirts and they were somehow discovered. You know, in some scanners or something. So maybe my shirt will never arrive. Well, hopefully it gets here before Google I.O. because we're all still pretty excited about what's going to be unveiled at Google I.O. And also... I just wanted to check something out. The Apple Apple announced WWDC in the most Apple-ish way possible, not by having a press release, not by, uh, not by putting something on the site, but by having Siri answer the question to anybody who asked, when, when is WWDC? And I haven't thought to check it 
When is Google I.O. this year? According to TechRadar update, the official Google I.O. 2016 dates have been announced to be May 18th, May 20th. Well, that's not cool or fun. That's like, according to this source that I have access to on the web, <laughs> here <laughs> is the actual Google. date. Whereas Siri says, oh, it's good. I think they actually like uh, put special like inflections because she says, I can't wait. <laughs> Check when uh, Google I.O. Maybe, maybe Google I.O. would be a little bit uh, When is WWDC this year? information from wikipedia what all right thanks Google. <laughs> i'll get the picture <laughs> i uh you know i took a picture i i am doing uh, app development or adapt design and i have to do app for for iphone and android and i was holding an iphone 5 uh, s and it was tiny and i actually took a picture and it was uh i took a picture like right next to my ginormous android watch because i was like wow um, it's really not that much bigger than my watch. So yeah, they, you know, those, uh, those, um, Apple people love small, small, uh, phones and I guess Android people love, uh, gigantic watches. Well, it's because they have such short attention spans. They get, they, they give up reading after about a sentence and a half. Sorry. What did you say? No, <laughs> They've definitely already given up on this show. I think. Joking. I'm yeah. They're joking. Probably, yeah. I've, Fortunately, I'm ecumenical in that I cover like all kinds of technology from everybody, so I get abuse from pretty much everybody. I, I've considered it a pretty good day if I get accused of being both an Apple fanboy and an Apple hater in the same day, which often happens. <laughs> uh, but to, but despite that, there's so many times where like I have to. Uh, one of the great things about doing a podcast like this is that it will remind me that I haven't really looked around at certain things in a while. And so we were talking about uh, how uh, HTC phones were uh, licensing AirPlay, uh, Apple AirPlay, and made me remember to like, oh, what's – God, I think it's, uh, I think it's a, a double twist that has AirPlays. And, and then I found out that they have this new player that I hadn't seen in a year uh, called Cloud Player that might actually be now my new favorite like standalone music player for Android. Uh, because it's uh, it's a it's a really good, beautiful looking music player, but it assumes that you are going to keep your uh, your music files on cloud storage, and it's totally up to you what cloud storage you want to use. So if you want to put it on Dropbox or Google Drive or OneDrive, you just give it your login credentials, and it will just find it and then build a library fr from it. It will also, of course, you know, scour the, your local file system for for audio files. So it's really really cool because uh one thing that's still a little bit of a bummer if you're a mac guy like me and you're using android is syncing is not really the easiest thing to do you can do it but you got to know how to do it uh music kind of stinks in that reaction but now it becomes well you don't have to do anything you just copy files onto onto your onto your dropbox and it simply works really wish it worked with uh, uh my amazon uh, music music library because that's sort of like the the, the blessed repository of my music because I use uh, Amazon Cloud Player for pretty much all my all my stuff. Uh, so if I could have it syncing all uh, all the way to there, uh, that would be pretty much the easiest thing to do. I've always just want even on even on my my iOS devices, I've always wanted a player that was as simple and as clean as uh, as Cloud Player. Uh, and so I've been using it more and more, and and being being happy that I found it. I can't believe it. it's been around, it's been around for a while. It's not a brand new thing, but like I said, sometimes you have to remind yourself that things happen when you're not looking for six or seven or eight months and if you don't look around to see what's what has happened in music players since i was disgusted by all but two of them that i looked for uh, on the google play store oh something cool got, got released
I, I got to ask Andy. There's been a recent trend amongst the uh, Relay FM crew that they're all buying um, Amazon Echoes. Do you do you plan to add one of these? Considering you're saying that Amazon is like one of your primary music sources. Yeah, as that was one of those sad things where they lent me one and then I had to go ahead and buy one because it was just too good. Uh, it's uh, we, we, I think we've talked about how I, I just love I, I think Echo is exactly the way that this sort of service should work because it's just a, it really I don't have to do I don't have to have my phone anywhere near me I can just there's a microphone that'll work from a whole room away and I, I all, every all day long I'm asking it questions like what's the weather uh, and what's uh, convert this unit into into grams or even just doing searches and adding things to uh, playlists and also. The uh, I, I usually uh, uh, clean house while listening to books on Audible, and I can just simply say uh, name name of device because sh- she is listening right now, so I don't want to say it. <laughs> but I just say read my book, and it will just read whatever the latest. My, my, exactly. But the, the 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 weird thing is, it's such a handy thing to not have to be close to a device or a remote or a phone to make this sort of happen. Uh, like I've got a, a Sonos speaker set in my living room. Uh, and they're great speakers. They sound amazing. They certainly sound way better than the one like non-stereo little speaker on top of the shelf that is the Amazon Echo. But the thing is, I can just simply say, "Hey, Agamemnon, <laughs> play play the Beatles' Abbey Road," and then playing the Beatles' Abbey Road and. Abbey Road starts playing or play the latest episode of Material Podcast and starts playing the latest episode of Material Podcast again without me having to actually pick anything up and sometimes I'll even have like a a laptop I'll be on the sofa I will have my MacBook on my lap keys underneath my fingers but it is much simpler to say Alexa how heavy is the iPad Air 2 and then it will just read back here is what the weight of the iPad Air 2 is so yeah. But yeah, it's it's great. I, they got they actually they actually got me to uh, Amazon got me to uh, actually pay twenty five bucks a year for unlimited music storage just so that I could load my entire music library and use that feature. Uh, and now that they've got uh, Amazon Dot coming up, uh, it's back ordered for a couple of months, and I can't get. Uh, they don't have any review units available, which I counted on because I didn't just simply jump out of bed and order one as soon as I heard about it. And now I've ordered one and it's not coming for until like July, <laughs> but, but that, that one, that one you can hook up to Bluetooth. So I'm really expecting to buy a couple of them and have this connected to Bluetooth speaker so I can, uh, really, uh, listen to really, really great music through great audio, uh, while I'm listening to that. Yeah. I still haven't bought an echo. I'm really, really intrigued just because it has a lot of that voice, uh, activation features. Uh, but I'm hoping that Google comes out with something very, very similar at IO. So I'm going to keep an eye out. We also got a really cool email from, uh, one of our listeners as we were talking about accessibility features on Android and they actually gave us an app that they found really helpful. So they are colorblind and they gave, they suggested, um, an app called reality hacker. And you actually put that into your Google cardboard and it shows you via the phone's camera. So you can like tell, filter out all the different colors so you can know what color something is. So if you can't really see the, the different colors, you can see it in like grayscale. So he suggested that he uses it to pick raspberries and find good bananas at the grocery store tasks, nearly impossible for me normally, because of how colorblind I am. So uh, my father-in-law is colorblind. And so I'm curious, I need to go test this out with him because uh, I'm really uh, interested in seeing what he has to say about that. 
Yeah, I, I thought those concepts sounded really cool. Like, I, I'm not colorblind. My, my brother is, but it's only like red green sort of colorblindness, which I, I love paying him out about. I'm like, which color is this traffic light? Ha ha ha. But of course, it's top and bottom, so you can tell. But this sounds really cool. <laughs> you put it on your face, and then you can have grayscale everything except the color that you're looking for, which which I think is is really cool. So thanks to um to Charles for sending that in. Uh, and actually, since we're since we're talking about access, uh, accessibility, uh, we said that to get access to Google Voice Access, you have to be in the beta, and the beta is like long since closed out. Uh, but uh, Boy Genius Report uh, posted a method to download and sideload uh, the APK, even if you aren't in the beta. It involves like getting uh, getting a hold of the files and uh, flipping the magic switch and uh, sideloading onto the device. Uh, I'm not sure if it's if it's important enough for me to give it that kind of a try. But there are people that don't want to. I just want to because. To check it out because I'm curious. There are people who can probably benefit from it immediately. Uh, and so if you really do want to check it out and use software that has not been approved for God, man, or beast, uh, you should. that's at least one, uh, one solution that's available to you. Oh, that sounds really cool, Andy. Like, I, I think people should check that out. Obviously, be careful when you're sideloading APKs, you know, get them from reputable sources and you don't really know if someone's managed to, you know, inject things along the way. But a lot of these websites will have, you know, if you're geeky, checksums and things that you can check out. So you can be fairly confident that there's nothing bad in there, but there is always that risk that, you know, if you're sideloading stuff onto your phone, bad, bad stuff may happen to you. But we can tell you a place where bad stuff is not going to happen to you. And that is our first sponsor, uh, Linode. So Linode are a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers. Uh, they're spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get set up with Linode in literally under a minute. Like I've, I've done this a lot of times here at Shifty Jelly. You go into the admin area, you pick the kind of um, uh, virtual machine you want to set up, you choose a few parameters, boom, and you can get started with these plans for just less than $10 a month. Um, you'll be able to choose your resources, which Linux distro you prefer to install, You know which location out of the eight data centers you want to pick, um, and then you can just deploy there and you can choose the size of your disks and all that other sort of stuff. So speaking of the disks, like I said, they are SSD storage, so super fast you know, industry-leading storage for all your data. Um, they have powerful Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest ones you can get in the cloud market, so that's to do all your computing with. And then the other part of the equation is the whole point of being in a data center is you want super fast redundant networking and they have a 40 gigabit network with multiple levels of redundancy so i mean no matter what you do in there like it's it's a really good place to host your stuff you can go from you know really cheap um you know reliable servers all the way up to ones with you know huge amounts of ram and cpu power so some of the things you might think about doing on there you could run a private git server uh, you could host a large database you could run a mail server you could you know run different applications maybe if you're in the science sort of space and you want to crunch some numbers and there's a whole bunch more. Basically, any reason you might want any kind of server in the cloud, you know, Linode is a place to, to go. I even did it once when uh, my kids were super into Minecraft and I just wanted to host like a, a Minecraft server. So I just chose, you know, the, the cheap $10 a month plan. I set that all up. I press go and then I just left it. And, you know, the, the kids had fun on there. So as a listener of our show, if you sign up at linode.com, L-I-N-O-D-E.com slash material, uh, you'll get $20 towards your first plan. And you'll also get a seven-day money-back guarantee. So if you set it all up and you're like, ah, oh, this is not for me, you, you know, you're welcome to get your money back. So again, linode.com slash material. If you already happen to be at the checkout process or, you know, you work in a huge office and someone next to you is at the checkout process, just yell out at the top of your lungs, material 20, and you'll also get $20 <laughs> off. So we'd like to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. So Google had a pretty big announcement uh, this week is that they have now integrated podcasts into Google Play Music. And we knew that this was coming 
Um, and we knew that uh, Relay was actually going to be one of the launch partners to integrate with it. Um, but we didn't know when, and everyone was kind of waiting for it. But they finally released it. The only problem is you can only it's only available in the U.S. and Canada, and currently only on the web, your desktop web. So um, it took it took some time for for people to actually get the podcast um because i was looking at, uh, i was wait when i was announced i was waiting in my I, I was at work and i was like looking at my phone like refresh refresh searching for material podcast i was like i know relay is a launch partner how can how could i not see it but i guess it was only available on desktop web um i've actually got to play with it it's pretty slick it works a lot very much if you played with uh, google play music if you listen to music on there the interface is very much the same um, the only difference is that they have, they don't have like a section like so like if you, in in Pocket Cast there's a there's a whole section where you can kind of discover and listen to, to podcasts and search through it. But this they kind of are trying to curate some lists for you. And yes, you can search for a podcast, um, but there's not a section that's just like list all podcasts. Yeah, that's. I, I talked to Google about this last night, and they made it clear that uh, although you can use it in the the kind of point and shoot and build your own list of subscriptions mode that you use, uh, fine apps like Pocket Casts and others like their they they their feeling is that the point is for the main point of contact for between uh, users and podcasts are through these like sort of conditional playlist that it automatically assembles for you saying, Hey, it's 9 PM and it's a Wednesday. And I tell from your Google shopping cart that you've probably got some liquor and some camembert cheese. So we're going to lay down some slow talking podcasts for you in story time <laughs> as you settle in to your little night. So, so I, I did find it like it's, it's, it's an, I found it a little bit annoying because I like the I like the way that other directories work where you can just say I just want to show me everything that's just been added right. to that's in the technology file and it will show you the top twenty but that's it uh, and has a bunch of categories but not like a million categories uh, and so it, re it really is that you're supposed to uh, go onto the web as Yasmin said in the U S <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and go 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 to play and it'll just say oh well you, you seem tense why don't you you seem you you see this, this is around the time of day where you usually go out for go out for a long walk here's a podcast list of recent podcast episodes that will be great for a long walk like okay you're trying to get me out of the house why is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was looking through the top charts so they do have like the top chart section but like andy mentioned it's only like the the top 20 that are listed on there but material is not under the top 20 uh, technology charts come on Google, how did how how are you guys not listening to us? I was I was thinking like everyone at Google is probably just subscribing to Material so they can get us on the top charts, but um, I guess there was a lot of uh, more uh, people that listened to what, what was one of the top ones from Relay that made it Mac Power users. There is a lot of Mac Power users as subscribers on Google Play Music podcasts. It seems to be, but um, so I think it would be great if our listeners were able to put us on the top charts. So I'm going to post the link in the show notes. Again, you have to be in Canada and the U.S. and on the desktop web. <laughs> but if you subscribe <laughs> to it, hopefully we can get onto the top charts. But I'm I, I I'm really interested into what Russell has to say. Um, it's really funny. So like I think late at night I was uh, sending Russell some screenshots. It was like insider knowledge. I'm like this is what it looks like because Russell actually can't see it when he, in Australia. He's like, oh that you know like what, can you send me a screenshot because I have no idea what it looks like. 
<laughs> yeah, I have. I, this is going to surprise you guys, but I, I have a lot of thoughts on on this product as a whole, and <laughs> I, I guess the future of it as well. So that I, I guess the first thing to address is this: this happened with us um, a few years ago. You know, when Apple brought their podcast app to iOS, and I guess your immediate assumption, you know, if you're not an app developer, is you're like, oh my goodness, like I feel so bad for the Pocket Cast people; they're about to be crushed by like this huge giant um, that is Apple. And of course, it's a lot more nuanced than that. So when Apple brought out their podcasting app, like our sales increased. And the only thing I can put that down to is they they brought more people into the idea of, oh, wow, I can get these things called podcasts. And not only that, I don't have to do them on my desktop. I can get them on my phone. And they they haven't succeeded us in crushing us. They haven't succeeded. They haven't succeeded in crushing us ever since. And I don't really think that's their goal. Like on the Apple side of things, you know, their goal is to to sell devices and if they these things called podcasts and help help them sell more devices, then that's amazing. And I think on the, the Google side, it's slightly different. I guess their initial goal is to try and get more people using Play Music. So if you can spend more time, you know, inside Play Music and your podcasts happen to appear in there as well, then I guess what they're aiming for is, you know, maybe we can introduce you to some new things. Maybe we can have you spending longer in there. You know, maybe they've got some plans for, for what to do with your attention, you know, once it's in there for a longer period of time. But it's, it's again, not something that we're worried about. And I know that's an easy thing to say. You know, most people, if if they're, you know, about to go up against someone, they're like, we're not the least bit worried about blah. But honestly, like, I'm not losing any sleep over it because we've been through all this before. And, and the thing I'm really hoping is that um, whenever you see these podcasting stats, you see these really detailed stats of like, here's a really popular show. Um, here's how many people listen on a desktop. Here's how many people listen on an iPhone. And the amount of people that listen on an Android is always, you know, mis- minuscule by those those two other figures. And I'd really like to see that figure increase. So if somehow Google Play Music can bring more, you know, people with Android phones into the world of podcasting, then I think that that's a really cool thing. And I I mean that honestly. Like I, I know sometimes, you know, people just say that, but I, I do really mean it. If they can get a brand new sort of group of people interested in podcasting, then then I think that's... That's a real win. The last thing I want to say is that I'm not I'm not super impressed by their approach. Like I think it's it's a it's a good thing to say, um, you know, we want to introduce people to podcasts, we want to recommend podcasts, we want to um, you know try and get show you new things you haven't seen before. And we have this whole engine we've built with Google Play Music where you press press the dice and you know magic happens. And they also have I'm sure you two have seen it as well that thing across the top where you know like it's it's Tuesday and maybe you're at work or you're driving. Yeah. Like pick one of these these sort of playlists. It seems like they're going the same way with podcasts, but podcasts are long. Like podcasts like ours go for an hour. You know, some of them are 30 minutes. Some of them are three hours. Like how you build a recommendation engine that kind of like throws that at you, I don't I don't know if, if people want that. You know, maybe maybe some people do, maybe some people don't. But I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think the one cool feature that could work is, hey, Google, I'm going to go for a walk for 30 minutes uh, and you know, play play a podcast episode that I haven't listened to. That's going to be in that time frame or something. If it gets like really smart about it, but yeah, if you're actually just curate like listening to the curated list, it's not like it's like what you mentioned. It's not uh, five minutes of audio that you're kind of going to and then just skipping through. It's you know hour long podcast that you have to listen to. And I I do like. I think the curated lists are cool and fun because they do have some curation to them, but also the ability to just kind of look at all the podcasts and the ones you can, um, you know, search through, I think would be really, really helpful. That's just not the way they're going. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I I like what I see. uh, Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Sometimes I do that when I see a version 1.0 or something and version 1.0 isn't so magnificent that I'm blown away by it. Uh, What, uh, 
you like a company that is aware that there are already plenty, plenty, plenty of good uh, podcasters, uh, podcast apps out there. They are not good, and they feel motivated not to just add to the pile, but to try to do this the way that they they only like Google can do it. And after talking to Google last night about it. Uh, they didn't say this specifically, but it really did occur to me that uh, one thing that they can do better is, you know, machine learning, machine learning, machine learning. So that uh, I, the way that I use uh, the way that I use Pocket Cast and pretty much every other podcast uh, app is that I subscribe to every show that I have an interest in, even an occasional interest. There are a few that are so good that I've got them automatically downloaded. But even among those, there are very few where I, where I will listen to every single episode. Uh, and so if Google can after several weeks or months of my just using it as my desktop player realize that he almost he almost never he almost always listens to fresh air he he always 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 listens to martini shot he listens to every episode of the bugle he will listen to uh, a episode of never not funny if he seems to be home but he almost never does it when he travels whereas he will absolutely listen to fresh air uh, when he's on a plane and after a certain amount of months it can figure out that i'm going to create a playlist for you today that I will turn out to actually listen to, not because it's just populating it with, here's the latest episode of this uh, that's been unplayed since whatever date it's. No, it's a Tuesday, and I also see by his calendar that he has a he has a fitness goal of be, spending uh, an hour on his bike four times a week, and he hasn't, it's, it's, it's already Thursday, and he's a couple hours short. He's probably going to want to be on his bike today, so I'm going to make sure that I've got a, po a, play, a podcast playlist of things that will do his one-hour ride, which he usually takes on Thursday. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm kind of taking a step back now and I'm thinking about what they're trying to achieve. And there is no podcasting app that's actually built into to like Android. You actually have to go out and search for another app like Pocket Cast is, is one that you have to do in order to get podcasts on there. And I'm thinking they're trying to get people that don't usually or have ever heard of podcasts into it. So if they have it built into the app, so like that's why they did the Google Play Music, which is downloaded on, on a lot of the phones. And they're showing the curation list by, hey, like the, the three curation lists that they have right now is Culture Trivia Hour, Best of NPR, and Conversations with Important People, which, of course, they didn't have our Matias Duarte episode on the Conversations with Important People. So I don't know, <laughs> uh, Matias, you, you need to get on that. I, I, if I were you, I'd be like, hey, why is that not on there? That That's a very important person. Um I was I was really happy. Of course, you got to ego ego Google yourself. So the first thing I did was like look for my name inside the podcast directory, and it did, the only podcast that it, that one hundred percent immediately surfaced was Material. So not I could find <laughs> Mac Break Weekly with another search. Anatko Almanac did not appear because I had to add. I had to, as the as the podcaster. I had to add, add that show myself. But I was rather pleased that our Google our, our little Google <laughs> Google puppet show wound up as 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 the top hit. I didn't know that. Cool. I just searched for my name and Google Play Music and Material came up. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll just, that was, oh, I'm I like so excited now. So I just, <laughs> aw, we'll, we'll, we'll search for you, Russell. That, you know, that's, that is pretty neat. Um, I, again, I guess this is version one. That's something to consider and they are going to build upon it. They, they're not going to know what type of podcast you like because you haven't listened to any. Um, maybe they will do some more of those things where like when you first signed in for Google Play Music, they ask you like either what kind of genre or artists that you like. Maybe they'll ask you, hey, what kind of uh, podcast do you like or what kind of storytelling do you like or things of that nature. And then they can start building and, and populating stuff. So 
I, I think the potential um, could could be really good just to kind of get people in the door. I know for sure that this won't replace my podcast app. One, not all the podcasts are in there because you actually have to manually submit them and you can't just search for, for a podcast. So that's like a big hindrance right there. Um, and, you know, I, I love me some Pocket Cast. So it's, um, yeah. <laughs> Aw, thanks, Yasmeen. Um, <laughs> there is a few other things I want to say just quickly. Um, one is that I'm, I'm really happy that they haven't gone down the route of trying to lock up exclusive content. So I guess the only thing that would have us worried as, as such a tiny, like, independent developer is if someone the size of Google came along and said, hey, like, these top 10 podcasts, like, in all these apps, we're just going to pay them, like, lots of dollars, and now they're exclusive to Google Play Music. Like, that that would be a real backward step for podcasting, and I'm, I'm really glad that they haven't done that. And the other one is that... Um, you know, they're still using the podcasting technology. So as, a, as an author, you go to their directory, you submit your feed in there and they suck all your episodes out. I believe, I believe they do some rehosting of them, which is fine. That's, that's how Google Play Music works. But it's still using the same, you know, open standards that podcasting is built on. And I think that's, that's really encouraging, honestly. I don't, I don't know about some of this machine learning stuff. Like if they can pull that off, amazing. Like I'm doubtful personally that they'll be able to get it there, you know, at least in the short term. But the fact that it's, you know, using the same stuff that we use, that's that's really cool that they haven't tried to, you know, lock it up. Yeah, the only difference that I've seen is that it won't actually show the show notes, but it will show like an excerpt on it. So it's the same. I think it's the same with like iTunes. iTunes only shows an excerpt, but the show notes don't actually display. Yeah, it's is not to get too same? technical, but in, in a feed, there's, there's two things. There's iTunes show notes and actual show notes. And iTunes obviously pulls out only the iTunes show notes. It sounds like they're using the same feed. So if someone's listing, you know, inside the the Plex, then maybe you need to, to grab that other show notes because that's where we put all the good stuff, all the great jokes, all the details. The yes. other one is limited to either 255 characters or 500. I think it's 255. So the amount of stuff you can write in there is like minuscule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, wouldn't it be nice if they can also embroider it with uh, contextual information? Uh, just like uh, if I uh, uh, here here and we got our, our, our show doc on uh, Google Docs, and uh, when I highlight something and I a, a, a title a topic that we're going to get to, and because I've, I've already preloaded, I've got the the URL for the article that I'm referring to. But if I just simply the fact that if it says uh, uh, Google Calendar now has goals, that's what I've highlighted. It will guess. Well, I should look for articles that are about that and suggest a URL that will work for that. Uh, so it really really would be great if it would also be able to take a look at the content of these podcasts and then find related content that seems to make sense and therefore just give you rich content without you having to actually work so hard. Work as hard as as the three of us work to make sure that there are <laughs> wacky, goofy production photos and links and all sorts, all sorts of things like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And for those that don't know, Yasmin actually writes the the show notes. So if you ever get, you know, value out of all the links, because she sends them to me, you know, before we publish the show, and I'm like, wow, every single thing we ever talked about is, is linked to here somehow. So it's it's a pretty good job. I listen to it. But you write the funny things. So if there's something funny that's inappropriate, it's all Russell. And right? Andy, Andy, I should point out, writes the, the show notes. So we have this, I show the show documents. We have this complete circle. We've got Right at the start, you've got Andy builds the, the show document, the Google Doc that we all work out of. Um, after the show, Yasmin builds the show notes, and then I edit the show. You know, it's like, oh, it's just a circle. The circle of the material circle. is is complete. A lot, a, a lot of my responsibility is as we go and I look at the clock for me to highlight things in the, in the outline and turn them gray, thus indicating we definitely <laughs> don't have time to talk about that, and maybe I'll find I'll paste that into the next, next, month's, uh, next week's show. 
But there, there's so much to talk about this week because this seemed, this seemed to be the week, I don't know, like it's a, everyone wants to close up their offices and take their one last week's vacation before Google I.O. because they've released a whole bunch of different things. Uh, one of the things I thought was really cool is they added goals as a concept to Google Calendar now where normally if you're, you're used to adding an appointment or even like an all-day uh, event or even a, a, a reminder, now you can define here is, my, here is a goal that I'm trying to work on. Like I I want to try to spend uh, at least five days a week. I want to spend at least one hour writing, uh, working on my working on my novel, and that's not really scheduled because you're just it's a goal that you're trying to put time towards. But it means that it's gonna find holes in your schedule in which it can schedule this stuff for you. And the first guesses are gonna be kind of random, like okay, where is there an hour free, or where's the where's where's Andy's uh, least busy morning? Okay, we'll make sure we'll put an hour uh, for that uh, on, on that Tuesday. Uh, but as you click and as you tell it at the course of the week, oh, I achieved that goal today. Great. That worked great. No, I didn't do that. It starts to figure out as it learns, as you keep giving it more incidental information, it figures out that, you know, he's really good at, at doing it on Wednesday. He almost never gets it on Monday. So that means it's going to start scheduling, trying to suggest that as a scheduling thing for Wednesdays. Uh, and it's just going to get smarter and smarter as, as you go. Uh, and I'll, that's, that's why I keep thinking that the, secret sauce of everything that could make Google services great is not a great feature when you first launch it like podcasts, but you just without just just like Google now without knowing it three months later, you realize that, oh, it's actually really, really good at surfacing exactly the information I want, even though it sucked when it's when it started three months ago. And I don't remember ever sitting down to tell it what I want it to do for me. Yeah, I was really excited for the goals um, because I'm the type of person that I'm like, I know I need to do this, but I don't want to necessarily like plan the time for and I kind of just want to be a bit more flexible with it. And so when goals got announced, I was really, really stoked. And so you can edit, you can add a goal from within the calendar app and it's, uh, I believe on iOS too. I know for sure it's on Android because I because I have it on my Android phone right now. And the cool thing about it is that yes, you can build your own custom goals, but you can also, it, it provides some suggestions. So like for instance, some of them are exercise, build a skill, family and friends, or me time or organize my life. So they have these different categories that you probably want to be doing more stuff for, but you usually don't plan for. So for, for instance, if you click on build a skill, it provides you with options. It asks you what skill and then some of them are learn a language, learn a code, practice an instrument, make art. So, you know, I'm going to practice an instrument. So I click on practice an instrument. Then it's going to give you even more options where it's like practice guitar, practice piano, or you can even insert your own instrument that you want to do. So let's uh, practice drums. And then it asks you, how often do you want to do this? Once a week, twice a week, three times a week, five times a week, or every day? So let's do, uh, you know, twice a week. And then it's going to ask you for how long? So 30 minutes. And what's the best time? morning, afternoon, evening, or any time. So you can actually select, is it going to be best in the morning for me to do this? Probably not because I'm going to wake up everybody. So just you know, find some time in the afternoon or whatnot. And then it, and it gives you all that information saying, okay, you're going to practice this like two times a week for 30 minutes in the afternoons, hit okay. And you hit enter and boom. But the cool thing about this whole flow is that it provides really, really beautiful illustrations as you're going through it. So it just makes it really, really nice. Like they really took the time to think through this. And I think that's what makes it so nice. And it's kind of, um, it creates this kind of a friendly environment because 
sometimes if you are learning a new skill or doing something like that, they don't want it. You don't want to make it tedious. Like you want to make it enjoyable and something fun that you're doing. Um, so that was just one of the flows and one of the options. And I actually tried this. So it was, uh, I set up a eat dinner once a week with my family and I, <laughs> only, once I a like, week. <laughs> only once a week, once a week. No, uh, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I was, can I ask, is that, is that a, you right now you feel as though you've got way too much contact with these people. You can barely stand. You'd <laughs> exactly, like to cut like it down one. to one a week or is it, Okay. It's Taco Tuesday, and that's I'm, all I'm doing. I'm there is Taco no other Tuesday, days. and that's all I'm doing. Here's, here's I, the address of Taco Bell. Well, <laughs> I don't want to see you back here for another two hours. Here's Mommy's going to be in the bathtub. Here's the gift card that Google gave me. That gave Google gave me. <laughs> no, I, we were going. It was like I think it was announced on Friday, and uh, we were me, my, my family and I were going out to a restaurant, and I was like, oh, if I add this as a goal. I can actually mark this as done, you know, and so of course I had to test it and like add it for an hour. The cool thing is that like you can have it notify you, I think an hour in advance and you can either defer saying, oh, I'm really not going to be able to make dinner. Sorry, here's a Chipotle gift card. Or you can say mark as done if you already done it or planning, you know, or wait to plan to do it. And then after the, so let's say you had dinner scheduled from 6.30 to 7.30. After 7.30, it'll give you another another notification asking you, did you mark this as done or do, do we need to reschedule it? So I, it's really well thought out. Um, I really love it. I wish that there was um, like a way for this to be integrated with reminders or not reminders with tasks. Because one of the, one of the things that I really like have in my mind is like I know I need to schedule my plane tickets uh, for Google I/O or I need to you know book those, but that necessarily does not need to happen tomorrow at 9 a.m. I just needs to happen sometime before you know three weeks from now. And so if I could just select, you know, put that in my in my task as a, one of the options, and it tells me, hey, it looks like right now you have 15 minutes. How about you do that? And so I really. I really love the the goals, um, and I'm pretty excited to see how they continues. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm totally with you. I've, I've been really uh, I, I, I uh, my ears particularly perked up when you're talking about how beautiful this app is with artwork that is not necessary, but it makes it prettier and mm -hmm. it makes it just more emotionally engaging. It's one of the reasons why I use Google Fit so much that the page it's just a really nice welcoming landing page to be on, and everything is presented so nicely and so well. Uh, and I already was was using it as by <laughs> looking at the calendar view to say is there a is there a flag. No. All right, then. We're supposed to get four flags, aren't we? No flag, no health. Uh, and, <laughs> and so I was, I, was, I was actually kind of excited to convert this to it's my responsibility to occasionally look at the calendar in Google Health to make sure that I've met my fitness goals at least four days out of the week and just simply get this little not annoying nudge, but just, oh, by the way, did you did you get your, your cycling done today? No? Okay, well. That's good. We'd like to schedule it for another for another time. Okay, that's fine. Just it's, yeah. it's, it's it's so engaging. I don't I don't know of anything on any other device that is thanks something like that. So making uh, goal setting and goal realizing such an, an interesting and fun uh, sort of step. Yeah, definitely. So um, I would love to know stats if anyone well once they actually have some time when this has been out there. Like if if there's any stats of people um, how the how the goals work. Like if there's a lot of people saying, yeah, you know, I started practicing drums or I started learning to code and I actually developed it because it was finding that time and I didn't have to schedule it. It just kind of found a space uh, for me to do it. So if there's a way for you to integrate it with reminders and tasks, Google, I won't complain. 
I won't complain. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a way to update the desktop version of the calendar, Google, you know, the, oh. one, the one I use, feel free. Yeah. Feel free. I, I do also wonder oh, if, yeah. Um, yeah. if this doesn't work out, like if the stats are really low, if they're like only 3% of people completed their goals, they could then employ the Boston Dynamics, you know, robotics arm to be like, well, <laughs> we can send some robots to your house and instead of a gentle reminder, we can give you a more fit. Maybe we'll push you with a stick, you know, just like you pushed us and, and things like that. Well, actually, I'm thinking more of like positive reinforcement. Like, what if you uh, you you credit your Google Play account with like say fifty dollars of your own money, or it's automatically deducted, and every time you reach a goal, it's like a food pellet dropping in. Congratulations, we've released another five dollars uh, of your of your credits to go buy games or music, or or even worse, like if there if it knows that you've been saving up for, you've been really looking forward to the release of a of a book. There's a book I've I've had pre order on Amazon, the new. Uh, uh, Lucy Nicely uh, uh, graphic novel is finally going to be released uh, next week. But it's like a 300-page book. And if it says, I will release the next six pages when you burn another 480 <laughs> calories. No! <laughs> Machine learning motivated exercise. We should we should coin oh, this phrase man. while we still can. It <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Uh, so one other quick thing. I did see that Google um, added destinations to the mobile search. So I don't know if you guys do this. I mean, I, I, this is something I do all the time. You're planning a vacation somewhere. Um, they've now made that a bit more integrated. So you can say, I'm going to France. I'm not actually going to France. I wish I was. But, you know, it'll show you all the local things. It'll hook up with, um, you know, Google's hotel and flight, you know, booking things. And it's it's kind of cool. The, the funny thing about that is just like play music. The half of it doesn't really work in Australia. I tried it out. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't really work very well over here. But I'm sure it does if you're in the US or maybe Canada, maybe even the UK, you know, you might have a, a better time. I love I love those features where they don't you don't have to activate anything. They just found a way to surface relevant information. I'm I'm going I'm going to be in D.C. Uh, at the end of the week for a family wedding, uh, and just by doing searches searches on things in D.C. Uh, you're used to like oh you did a web search and now people who have bought like keywords are going to like instantly overload the search results with uh, with booking sites and and hotel sites but no it's like here is something that might be relevant if you're booking a trip to uh, to uh, DC including flight information including uh, hotel uh, offers uh, not the great stuff that you can get on Priceline or by by digging around but just <laughs> oh I didn't know that I'm I'm also I mean and I'm also like trying to figure out I've got probably 36 hours that's our won't be a day of uh, familiar, holy day of familial obligation. And so it knows that he's really interested in the Smithsonian. He seems to be really interested uh, in art galleries and stuff like that. And it, I've noticed that when I keep looking, it gets that little sidebar gets uh, gets better, uh, better and better. That's that sort of stuff. It's funny you say that, Andy. Um, that just that happened to me um, this week is I was had to when you come to the US from Australia, we have an agreement. We have to fill out this thing called an Esther. And I Googled it and I clicked on the first link. I didn't even notice it was an ad. And I got halfway through the application. I'm like, this does not look like the government website that I filled out last year. And oh, I went no. to the about and it was like a private company that all they do is they oh, yeah. they take it and they file it on your behalf and charge you four times as much. And I almost fell for it. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, no. And it's just because they bought the, the top you know, Google search result for the thing I was going for. Don't you feel terrible about whenever whenever I'm looking for? I just want to know what time. Uh, I know that uh, the Sound of Music, uh, the national tour, is at the Boston Opera House. I don't know. I'm going to see it uh, in in a week. I don't know what time it starts. I just want to get the site of the Boston Opera House. You cannot find it. You will find URLs for the Boston Opera dot house. You will find <laughs> Boston Opera House Boston Tickets dot com that are that try to make you think that you're hitting the the original site. I just never feel. I just feel a little bit upset with the the world and anything that not that's not within a 10 foot radius of myself whenever i realize that 
you you wasted my time on the off chance that you would hook one out of every 1.2 million people doing searches to make maybe $8. That's that's no that's no way to go through life, son. Yeah, I've used the I was actually when I was looking for flights for San Francisco, I was using the Google search via via the mobile app and it was or just even the Google search app. I was looking through flights on there and it was actually pretty, pretty darn good. And I didn't try the destination. So I didn't get like all the cool things to do in San Francisco things. Um, but I did the flights one was pretty great because you could say, okay, do you want nonstop? And when do you want to fly? And then it gives you all the different options because it, it really just makes it easier knowing, okay, we need to get back Sunday night and here are all our different options and like the prices. And it's just a great way to kind of glance at everything. So the more information you have, it's usually easier to make a decision then you don't have to go from airline to airline site in order to get that. So I am excited to try out Google uh, destinations inside the mobile search and seeing, seeing where that leads me. And this episode of Material is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Do you have a career plan set in motion? Whether you're looking to start a career in IT or already working in the field, certifications and credentials are the key to getting a job or promotion. IT Pro TV's mission is education through engagement with up-to-date high-quality video content and access to the most important tools you need for your certification. And it has over a 1,000 hours of content with, with 50 hours being added each week. You can actually stream live and on demand on your Chromecast, woohoo, or on your mobile devices or Roku or PC. Um, they are also available on the Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV, so whatever you have, they'll be able to, you'll be able to get it on there. They offer many of Google specific uh, courses like Google Apps for Work Administrator, Google Groups for Business, Managing Google Drive Storage, and more. Our courses, all courses are to subscribe, watch from start to finish, or jump to the part you're looking for. And it includes a lot of step-by-step -step virtual machine labs and transcender practice uh, exams. And that's 109 value that you get. So it's just one low monthly subscription price with no, pa no hassle cancellation policy. And if you're studying with a book or enrolled in a certification or technical degree program, this is a fantastic supplement to learn at your own pace and track your progress. And it's so much cheaper than boot camp. So here is how you can get connected with IT Pro TV. You can check out itpro.tv forward slash material to upgrade your brain with the most popular IT certificates. Premium subscriptions are normally $57 a month or $570 per year, but we have a special offer. Try it free for seven days when you sign up with our code material30 to check out <laughs> to check out their courses, live stream, and more. You'll also receive 30% of the live off the lifetime of your account that's less than $40 per month or $399 for the entire year. Don't forget to mark your calendar for the CCNP security courses, which will stream live for the first time beginning March 21st. Just visit itpro.tv forward slash material and use the code material30 to try it for free for some days plus, seven, plus save 30% off the life of your account. Thank you so much, IT Pro TV, for sponsoring this show and all of Relay FM. Exactly. Um, now there's a, I don't know if this is a, this is an entire uh, show of follow-ups, but a lot, there's a lot of things that hooked into, there are a lot of things that from last week that seem to have repercussions. We talked last week about how there was a, an anonymous posting on Reddit uh, from someone inside the Googleplex about how annoyed uh, he was about uh, the situation at Nest and the Tony Fidel's leadership of Nest and Google's, uh, the, the whole relationship between those two people. Uh, and now, uh, courtesy of uh, Recode, 
Uh, apparently, there's, there's an in-house, uh, of course, in-house message message system, but there's also like an in-house tool for like creating like Reddit-style memes. And so apparently it became like a very, very passionate game over the past week to do like anti-Nest and anti-Tony Fidel memes. Uh, I've got some of them here for... Uh, yeah, uh, from future Futurama, where the uh, the uh, the gag where uh, uh, where someone is trying to do uh, there's a sign says zero days since our last screw up, and that's that's uh, that's commented. Nest made made us look terrible. Uh, uh, Internet Nest doesn't want deprecated things. <laughs> Yes, as a picture of a brick, the 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 frame from the Simpsons movie where all the townspeople of Springsfield are like f- uh, pouncing upon the uh, the uh, the Simpsons with torches with just the slogan "Sell Nest." <laughs> There's, it's, I think I don't I don't the, these are these are all without context, but suffice to say that there is some ill will that seems to have found some common ground, some common culture there inside Google. There, there is one that says, it seem, seems it's so terrible at Nest that engineer has to speak out. And then it says on Reddit. And I was thinking <laughs> they, they were just being nice there because they didn't want to say, you know, on Google Plus, because uh, that would just would have been even, <laughs> even worse. Yeah. And. <laughs> Actually, that's that's and given that the one that was printed next to it, a uh, cra- uh, crowd scene with Tony is the new Vic, uh, and Reddit, uh, excuse me, and uh, uh, and Recode is explaining that Vic uh, uh, Gondrata, g- ah, why can I never pronounce his name correctly? Uh, uh, was uh, so passionate about Google Plus that he was sort of letting other more important things go by the wayside. So basically, saying that Tony is so invested in this one thing, he's not interested in letting Google actually succeed. Yeah, this is this is really starting to build up, and I mean, you can see it. Um, I guess from some of these employees' point of view, like you, you'd like to think that you've built up a lot of goodwill, you know, as Google and Alphabet, and now you have this kind of hardware separate division of the company that seems to be much like one of these memes where a, some kind of tractor is plowing through a bunch of cars, like Nest is plowing through that goodwill. I, I do have this is one maybe for you, Andy, but I have a five percent outside conspiracy theory for you. What? What if, like, someone, you know, higher up at Google has decided that it's time for Tony to go and they've just, you know, they're, they're basically running sort of this side of the, the PR campaign to to eventually, you know, get him to step down and make it look like, you know what, this this had to happen. Look look at all this outrage, you know, now now Tony must go. Like, I don't, I don't think that's likely, but, yeah, at the same time, I don't know, it distracted me the other day. Maybe I've watched, you know, too much House of Cards. Well, it's, it's – sometimes the, it turns into sort of an avalanche sort of thing where a lot of people in a large company, everybody's got a culture of, for very good reasons, feeling like things are not going the right way, and they're frustrated. They don't feel like they're being heard, and when they feel as though there's an audience for their frustrations, sometimes it all gets let out. Um, there was a, a thread on Quora. Um, that's the one where people ask questions for the community, and you get very seasoned and, and very informed, intelligent answers. And uh, turn, one of them uh, turned into a thread about someone was asking about the downsides of working for Google, which turned into almost a, a cathartic sort of thing from people who are either present employees or past employees, uh, not not trying to symbolize, typify their entire experience as the bad stuff, but it really did. Uh, 
feels familiar uh, for a lot of us. Uh, there's one comment that I uh, quoted here. It's like, the overarching disadvantage is that of working at Google is that your ego will be bruised quite thoroughly. Google hires some amazing people, and until you realize that you can't that that you can't be amazing at everything, you will feel like an imposter. Then you'll find your own niche or not, and you'll be all right. Mine was already bruised by Microsoft Research, which at the time hired even better people, believe it or not. Don't know how it is now, so I didn't have that problem. But over and over again, it's a lot of these things are about how just being in that kind of that kind of environment can kind of grind you down, even if you do feel as though your project is going forward very well. Yeah, and I've I've worked in a lot of big companies. Like one of my first jobs, you know, at a university was working at a massive sort of multinational um, company out of Sweden. And the the thing is, like, you you can be on the best project in the world, and you can have sort of the best team around you, but there is still something about working at a big company where just out of necessity, you know, we worked on a project that I think was around $21 million a year, you know, a fairly big thing, you know, 80 people on it. And you just feel like sometimes getting things done is really hard. You know, you've got to go through all these layers, there's politics, you know, there's people trying to get into management positions, there's people trying to move sideways. There's just so many, you know, different things going on. And I'm, I'm sure Google is, you know, as much as we like to think it's you know, like an engineering utopia, you know, you go there as an engineer and you get put on these wonderful projects and, get to research stuff to your heart's content. I'm sure a lot of that, um, you know, big company type thing happens there. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of meetings, there's a lot of bureaucracy, there's a lot of different things you got to go through. And sometimes you might feel like, oh man, I'm just I'm just a tiny little cog in this giant machine that that is Google. And to make it worse, something that I didn't have at this other company is they tend to hire, uh, I don't know if it's the best people, but they tend to hire really, 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 really smart people. And so you're surrounded by these, you know, effectively you know, super smart people and you can kind of look around and feel inadequate as well. So you've got those two things, you know, together. You're like, I'm this little cog and not only that, but all the other cogs are bigger than me. Talk about having imposter uh, syndrome <laughs> if you're being surrounded <laughs> by that. But uh, yeah, that's it definitely um, if you are surrounded by like all these people that are just so much smarter than you, like there's the cool part of like, I am going to learn so, so much, you know, and I'm going to be kind of pushed by that. But then there is that whole like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? How did I even get <laughs> get into the, the door? Uh, and of course, yeah, I, I think, you know, Google is obviously doing some really, really neat stuff that like gets us all really um, excited. But then again, yeah, they are also filled with a bunch of humans who, you know, sometimes don't make really good, really good decisions. And I, and I think you, yeah, sometimes you got to remember that and there's a uh, like I said, not everyone is meant to be a leader or a manager in that regard. And like, they can be really talented in other things, but at, at managing, maybe not, maybe not the best. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's, I, I think even when we had the interview with the, what was it? The nearby team, we asked them what was like one of the first experiences or things that you remembered being, being at Google, like one of the first days. And they were just like, yeah, don't ever look at anyone's resume on their on the like Google whatever their social ne- internal social network is because you're just gonna say, yep. oh wow, um, okay, I feel really inadequate right now. <laughs> so it's yeah, I, I used to I, I for twenty years I spoke uh, at this conference, really great conference at the uh, University of Colorado Boulder, uh, and you're on like I was on like ten panels, uh, public panels like a week, and with some incredible speakers, and of course they in, they'd introduce the panel. And I'm not, I'm absolutely not kidding you. This was one of the panels that I was speaking on where it was, okay, and now here is uh, Rusty Schweigert, who was the uh, lunar module module pilot on Apollo 9. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, my, my umbilic... Uh, uh. I can't remember. It. Uh, she she created uh, the the real world show uh, real world show for uh, MTV and basically invented reality television. 
<laughs> and we have Andy Notko, who, 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 according to his bio, turns Mac Macintoshes into goldfish bowls. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> oh God, I've done I've done nothing with my life. Uh, but yeah, there's a, it's. But it's it's a common thing. I know a lot of people who've uh, taken jobs at uh, Google and Apple and even like ILM, and the level of burnout can be pretty severe. Uh, not just f by feeling like you're outclassed, but because uh, you, it's just hard to turn into a cog, especially if you if you've spent the last eight years of your life bu building and maintaining and expanding a key critical and really popular app or service. And now you are one of seven managers on a larger project and you're all sort of competing for time and attention from the, the boardroom executive, uh, the, the, the top level executive who's controlling the funding and controlling the agenda for the company. It's like, I used to be able to just say, wouldn't it be interesting if we had a voice interface that worked this way? And then we could spend three or four days just working that out and see if it works. I didn't have to put together a slide deck and I didn't have to budget screwing around for three or four days on this uh, and so but no, no, I also know a couple of people that are like after 10 years of being the captain of the ship I really am enjoying holding a mop and my job is to keep this section of the deck clean and I can think and I can whistle while I'm and if the, and whoever it is whose job it is to keep the, the the ship on top of the ocean and not at the bottom killing everybody not my job see all I have to do is work this mop and when I go home for the first time in 10 years I hug my children I hug my husband and I'm and they have mommy home without any stress without any problems and all, all the ideas that I've had over the course of the day I can now apply towards my family <laughs> there, there, there is one other thing I want to say is I know we have a lot of younger listeners um, I've seen some of you you know send in your material shirts I know some of you write in from time to time um, if you are looking you know for a career in engineering I think that there's a really important thing which I didn't learn till many many years afterwards there's there's this temptation when you go through like the education sort of process that you automatically assume that the smartest people make, you know, the best engineers, the best programmers, the best designers, the best whatever. But it's often my experience that um, in the real world, the the smartest of the smartest people actually make the worst programmers. Like the code they write is just, I don't know, they get too caught up in their own head and it just comes out as, as a jumbled mess and they don't work sort of well in teams. So if you're ever sort of feeling intimidated by the people sitting next to you, then that's probably a good thing. It probably means you're actually, you know, you're doing a good job. You should probably feel better about yourself because if, if you don't have imposter syndrome, then chances are you could be one of these, you know, people that's making a mess of the code base. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we, we've talked about this before. And one of the things that we talked about was when Google even did research and they said what kind of teams best succeed. And it's actually not the teams that just kind of are, are the quote unquote best of the best and can do their, their thing like excellent. It's the ones that work together and really kind of get to know each other and really just build that team dynamic. And so I think that's why building culture is so so very much like an important part of it. So yeah, don't you're... <laughs> I think, uh, well, I, I will speak for myself. I will not speak for, for the guys on the podcast right now, but it's like, yeah, you have a lot of times where you still just struggle with imposter syndrome and you're like, go in there and going like, oh my gosh, like, how did I fool all these people because I cannot do this, you know? <laughs> like, how did, how did I get to this part? Um, and then you have to kind of talk to yourself like, no, yes, you can actually do this. And hey, you're actually pretty good at it. And because that's why you're able to actually do this stuff for a living um, and whatnot. And yeah, there's sometimes always going to be some of that imposter syndrome that creeps in, but you got to fight it and say, hey, no, I can do this. So that those are uh, encouraging words by Esmeen. 
Yeah. And and the, really the the most valuable people in any project aren't the people who know everything. They're the people who ask questions when they don't understand something. Uh, because the people who know everything, well, they're they they know everything. Their 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 knowledge base and their skill set is a closed box. It's the people who, when something is explained to them, don't just nod. They just simply say, "I'm sorry, I really don't understand how that API works, or I don't understand why you're using this tool and not this other one." Because that's how you become better. That's become you get part of a team. And sometimes the most sometimes the most generous thing you can do as a team member is to give other people a chance to teach you and the other members of that team. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think having that openness to learning and communicating like really helps out a lot. Even being as a UX designer and obviously having to work a lot with engineers is uh, kind of making a suggestion and then the engineers will either kind of not, not push back or like, hey, maybe there's an easy way. But if you have that dialogue and can usually talk about something, you can usually find a middle ground where it's not just butting heads. Or even if you are actually talking to a client and they're like so adamant on like, this is the best way to do it because our product is amazing because, you know, they're, they're the ones invested into all of this. The, you know, the, the best things that I've had to like kind of convince them is just to kind of walk them through the story of, Hey, this is why that might not be a good idea. And then they kind of are opening up and saying, Oh, that's a really good thing. And I'm like, Hey, eventually I'm really kind of helping your app succeed because this is not going to, you know, turn the users away when they're doing it. So yeah, just keeping an open mind and talking to people. I think communication is like the biggest thing that I found in my career that just is really helpful communicating with people. Since, since this, since this is, uh, since this is our straight talk to youth, uh, part of the show, <laughs> I'll, 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 the last thing I'll say on this subject is something that I wish I could have told myself when I was 16 or 17, uh, because it is a problem when you are one of the smartest kids in high school, uh, because you tend to not take the value of your school experience. I defined my experience as this is the place where I get the A's or the A, God forbid, the A minuses, and I graduate amongst the one of the top 10 of my class. That's that's what I that's why I go to school. That's what I'm there for. And it kind of really didn't uh, hit me that I'm there to learn stuff. So it was an adjustment because I, I went from high school to a polytechnic university where everybody was super clever. And I thought that, gosh, no, no one I know, no one in my class, gosh, nobody in the uh, nobody, uh, even my teachers have ever heard of like actually wrote their own operating system and then my first couple of weeks and I'm looking at someone's uh, a, a friend a new friend of mine that I had met uh said oh, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Murphy lab tonight like where's Murphy lab oh I found it like my the, I was just walking it late at night and he's been programming like automata automata that I had a whole style of program I'd never heard of on a whole style of computer I had never heard of and I feel like I was the guy who was like 10 print hello 20 <laughs> go to 10 beep oh oh that's right i have to put hello in quote marks uh, and so it really does we really did require an adjustment that i am here to learn i'm here part of the learning process is me helping to define the things i don't know but the things that i'm eager to learn because uh, and before i really made that adjustment i'm like i don't belong here and everyone's Aww. i thought i was smart but now it's because i'm no longer the kid who gets get gets gets all a's who am i now and it's like no now now you're the kid who spent like from 1 a.m until 3 a.m twisting doorknobs and you've walked into this graphics lab and these grad students were cool to show you like what they were working on and you started working on CGI uh, in the late late uh, in the late 80s that caused you to totally punt your physics class because you were not as interested in physics as you were in this extracurricular activity but boy did you learn some great stuff <laughs>
Yeah, so like really uh, quick thing. So I was I was actually thinking about uh, going into become a history major, or even and then one point one point I wanted to study study volcanoes. But anyways, I had a lot of things where okay. I was like just exploring volcanoes. I was just like they look cool. Those things are fun. Um, Russell, but, and I actually so, they're they're the one thing that can kill you that is not found in Australia. Is that is that not true? Do we have a, or do you have volcanoes? No, I think you're right. We don't have any active volcanoes. <gasps> we we missed out. If on you that. if you did have volcanoes, you would still have a poisonous snake that could live inside the. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I and actually my first uh, computer class because I needed to take a computer class for like my prereqs. I think freshman year, and I actually took a Flash class. Do you remember that, kids? No, you don't remember oh, because the iPad killed Flash. <laughs> I know Flash was my first uh, like computer class, and so it involved code and also um, you can actually draw in it. And my professor actually looked at my stuff and said have you considered a, like a career in this? And I was like, you can make a career in this. Like I, like this is fun. Why isn't work supposed to be like not so fun? Um, and then I kind of did some research and realized like, huh, there's this whole thing called the web. And um, I think it might be a good idea to kind of pursue it. And, and kind of, so my word to the young is just take some classes that you think might be interesting because you never know where that may lead you in your career. And I think it's just being open to exploration and that is our message to the young. <laughs> I feel like we took. Hello, I feel like our podcast like. took a, a whole, yeah, a whole different uh, route. And also, if you, if you didn't make it to the end of the podcast, uh, youths, then you need to work on your attention span. That's that's the next yeah. thing you need to work on. No, no, you're you're beautiful just the way you are, youths of America <laughs> and Canada who are listening to us via Google Play podcasts, <laughs> and the rest of our the rest of us the rest of you who are listening via Pocket Casts. Yeah, those people that, in fact, if anyone does happen to come across this episode, you know, you've never heard of material before, it happened to be in your Google Play music queue, please write to us. We'd love to know if there's if there's someone out there. Yes. Oh, and, and it's never too early to uh, get have a relationship, a working relationship with an accountant. Even if you're like 17 years old, <laughs> just have a, have, a, have a regular meeting with an accountant who will... That, that, see, that's that's probably the one thing. I I, I would I would hope Wait, that the advice to myself at seventeen Wait, would include the stuff that I go. No, no, because oh, I'm just I'm okay, just saying. Cause if that's 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 the one thing I, I could I could send backward. That that uh, what a great thing it is to like be nineteen year, twenty years old and think that like nineteen thousand dollars a year is like an enormous amount of money. I can, and you you can basically live with nine roommates and eat ramen. And so if you just start training yourself to only ever spend like half of the amount of money that you take in and keep that rolling for until you're 50 you never have to work again <laughs> <laughs> yeah budgeting planning oh that's but that's that's a whole nother episode for a whole different podcast oh taxes oh. <laughs> now, in, in exchange in exchange youth of the world don't say that in any of the three of us like are lame or that our music sucks that's all we just gave you like 20 minutes of really great advice. That's all we ask. Don't make fun of our taste in music. No, I have one more <laughs> request. When you pass me in the street, tell me how hip I look and don't don't make it ironic. Uh, I want to hear it so you know genuine. Just so I still feel like, you know, I still got it. <laughs> Sorry. Andy, well, if you if you if you if you're wearing if you're wearing your if you're wearing your new material po- podcast oh, t-shirt, Russell, they oh, can't help but say that you're snap. hip and cool and now. If, if it gets to next week and I still don't have this shirt, I'm going to be mightily disappointed. Uh, I think uh, the koalas got to it. They won't give you the shirt. Andy, where can people find you and stay connected with you? The cost of admission to Andy Land is to spell my last name. I'm Anatko on Twitter, uh, or you can go to anatko.com uh, to get, catch my blog, or go to the Chicago Sun-Times that has my so-called professional uh, tech journalism on it. 
And Russell, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter, and you can find my blog at rustyshelf.org. And you can find me on at Yasmeen Evian on Twitter. You could find the show at Material Podcast. You could send us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. So if you're listening to us from the Google Play Music and you don't see the wonderful show notes with all those wonderful links, go to relay.fm forward slash material and you'll be able to see all those uh, wonderful show notes. We want to thank everyone for listening. Until next time, stay in material. But I know Russell is going to be at RelayCon, and may- maybe Yasmin can make it out there. We're not sure. But if you're going to be there, say hi to the material crew. And we even have a code of conduct. A conduct. And in that code of conduct, it says that you cannot, uh, what was it, discriminate because of technology choices. So you cannot discriminate against us. But if you listen to the show, you probably wouldn't anyways. But just tell your friends, you know. Love all the Android people that are We just that need you there. to know that you're welcome. So if you're sporting like a giant hefty Android phone and you come to RelayCon, we're still going to embrace you anyway. We'll be there for you guys. Yeah, and also don't do not do you know mean-spirited things like saying, oh, I, my, my friend just gave me this really cool video file on this flash drive. Fortunately, because <laughs> this my, my Android phone works with all USB devices, I can just mount it like a regular volume, access the file system, and copy and play it. I could give you a copy. Oh, wait, I can't give you a copy because your your phone can't. Can't do that. Oh well. And definitely whatever it's too you do, bad because do, do not yell "Hey Siri" at the top of your lungs, you know, while you're there, and just you know, call my mom or something like that. Hey Siri, set in a reminder shop for a real man's or woman's phone instead of one of these child's <laughs> phones that people around me seem to like. <laughs>